listeners, we just got finished recording our Best of 2022 episode. While we were recording, news came out of the passing of Jay Briscoe, 37 years old, I believe. Uh, no details, obviously, at this time. Just happened. And uh, Jay Briscoe was a solid and entertaining member of Ring of Honor. Those years where we would go to TV tapings down at 2300 Arena. Always entertaining in the ring, controversial outside of the ring, but he will be missed as a performer. And uh, if you're down and out and you're feeling not so great about things right now, give a listen to our the rest of this podcast and maybe we can cheer you up because it's uh, pretty ridiculous. But uh, thoughts and prayers go out to Jay Briscoe. R.I.P., brother. See you up in the uh, chicken farm. Welcome to this thing. <laughs> Welcome to Wrestling is Hard, where every side is the dark side of the ring. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at hard number four wrestling. Email questions and complaints at wrestlingishard.gmail.com. I am Jim. Brandon. Hello. What up? How are you? I'm doing okay, Jim. Excellent. I don't know if they have much else. <laughs> fired up. Good radio. Let's go. We're fired up. We're fired up. Chris, how are you? <laughs> I'm good. Good week. Tired. Good. A lot of work this week. Very tired, man. And it's only going to get better because of Eagles. Go sports. Yeah. Yeah. Saturday. Saturday. Yeah. How are you, Jim? I saw a tweet you posted saying, thank God for AEW from helping me avoid the NFC wildcard playoffs, whatever the oh, fuck yeah, you said. Oh, yeah, I found out that Jacksonville came from behind and won. Go Doug Peterson, huh? Yeah, Dougie P. Everybody was stoked for Dougie P. Yeah. It was fun. It was a fun game to watch. I made a lot of money. I didn't watch people watching that game. Well, I was at work. So I was watching. All the AW people were like, yeah, like they're Team Jaguars because their boss is a Jaguar. 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 If if the Jaguars, see, they had to come from behind to beat. Um, the, San Diego, correct? San, Diego, San Francisco, yes. to L.A., San Diego. the Chargers. L.A., they are now the Chargers, yes. They had to come from behind, but if they were the Jet Jaguars, they would have led from the beginning. They would never lose. Jet Jaguars sucked. If anybody doesn't know, go watch Godzilla vs. Megalon. The Jaguar Roxel. gets the shit kicked out of them. Roxel. Rainer, are you familiar with Godzilla vs. Megalon? <laughs> you talking Mega Godzilla? No, Megalon. No, I'm not. He's the god. Oh yeah, how was the movie? The Cetopians, the gods. Oh, that's right. We saw a movie this week. Oh yeah, we did. I saw. I watched lots of movies this week. But go ahead, Chris. How was Shin Ultraman? Shin Ultraman was an Ultraman movie made by an anime guy. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it, I I thought it was cool as shit, and I was really glad that I went. But at the same time, anime the the drawback of watching anime to me, like a reason why I don't watch it, is very long, strange moments of drama. That are in my eyes completely fucking unnecessary, but I, I'm, I'm but I'm not going to knock the movie. I had a fucking blast and we went. The girl kept grabbing her butt. It was just you know, I mean yeah, that's some anime shit. Slapping her ass. Wait, 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 Chris. Sorry, I don't watch that much anime. Can you elaborate a little bit on what you mean by long strange? Well, like, so, and this is coming from somebody who doesn't watch a lot of anime, so it, you know, don't, I do, and I'm personally offended right now. Yeah, Continue. well, there's going to be people that listen. So just take that and understand who you're talking to. I'm a fucking idiot. So anyway, um, sometimes when I watch, I'll try to watch anime, and then 
the, the like, you know, whatever it is. Just say it's Ultraman. And Ultraman will fight a monster or whatever. The heroes will fight. And then, and then, um, chili burp, sorry. And then, uh, well done. That was very polite. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I hate it when people, people burp. Not to go off on another subject. They, Okay, men, who cares? Men finding it like they'll be. I'll be sitting. I'll be working, and guys will be like, "Yeah, anyway." I just and it's just like they do it in your ear when you're playing video games and stuff. It's disgusting. So anyway, um, you'll be watching it, and then like it'll get exciting, and there'll be a ton of action, and then the action will stop, and then it'll be like, "I don't understand. Why don't you love me? Love is just a construct, a construct of human emotions made by humans. That it is not real." In the grand universe of life, love is just but a speck. And then I'll be <laughs> explosions and stuff. So, you know, I just, that, that whole middle part is completely unnecessary in my opinion. Did you clear, but, did that clear you up? Clear that up for you, uh, Brandon? It, it really did, yeah. It sounds a little bit self-indulgent. Like it does, it gets very self-indulgent. I'll fucking love it. But it is, a, it's a staple of it. I mean, like, you know, fans that are fans of that love it. I, mm-hmm. You know, it's just, I'm not. Melodrama. Uh, yeah, melodrama. Thank you. That's the fucking word. I'm not a fan of the melodrama. But then again, I'm not a fan of fucking anything anymore. So it's very difficult to get me. <laughs> there, there are very few things that really. Segue into our, into our best up. You know, there, there are very few things that hold my attention for extended periods of time. And. They come, and I'll be honest with you. When you think about it, there were always very few things that held your attention for like extended periods of time. It's when you used to get excited that a movie was coming out. You know, now it's like, oh, a series comes out and you watch the whole thing and it was really good. Now everybody's got it in their head that everything that comes out on every streaming service must be fucking great. And, oh, you got to watch this show. You got to watch this show. And it's just like, yeah, this isn't that good. Brandon, The Last of Us, did you watch it? Uh, I did the classic. I, I went through it two times, fell asleep both times. To me, that's a no. So give, give me the dirt. It's good. Did, did you watch it? Yeah, it's very good. I was going to watch it on uh, yeah. last night, but I think we were, uh, my wife was heading out. Like she yeah. was, they were like, her and my, our, her friend who lives next door were on the, like, they may have been running out to the store. She may have been taking a store run with her friend. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I'm not going to start this. I want you to be home and we'll watch it. Like, that's something I'll watch. Um, um, three episodes into Andor. I just haven't had time to film, uh, to finish it, but I really want to finish that. Other than that, I. Vinland Saga season two started. Speaking of anime, watching that. My wife's picked it up. She fell asleep through like half of the episodes that I was watching. So we ended up picking it up midway through season one so she can get caught up on that. That's a very good show. Trying to think what else. Oh, I watched I the gonna, menu. That movie was fucking awesome. Good. Yeah, I was going to say, Jim, uh, to Chris's point, I, I also feel frustratingly underwhelmed by most things that I watched. But uh, the other side of that coin is that when I see something good, I think I, I actually get more excited about it because mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, this was of value. And the menu I watched this past week thought that fucking ruled. Dude, that was so fucking worth good. your time. <laughs> is that is that it? I saw the I saw, I know what the movie like kind of is. Mm-hmm. I have an idea what it is. It doesn't seem like something that would float my boat. You know how I am. like if it's that. You know how like what I like. It doesn't seem to really be something I would be into. But if it's I, it, Glass Onion too, I watched that too. Oh, that's Brandon. the one with Daniel Craig. 
Or did I don't you know if you would like it or not. I didn't watch Glass Onion. I watched uh, Banshees of Inisherin. Yeah. See, I now like that's that one too. I would watch. I'll, I'll watch. All over. I've got, I'll watch Jim and those. I'll watch anything that's a whole lot of. But one of my favorite movies of all time. I just I'm don't say, like it anymore. There I want to say this. One of my favorite movies in recent past was a movie called Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. And it's based on, a, uh, I think what was it was John Le Carre, who was a British uh, spy author who did a ton of like spy novels. He did um, one of the recent ones he did was, uh, oh, geez, I can't remember the name of it. It was one of Philip Seymour Hoffman's last movies. But he did, the, but it's, it's. Like nothing happens. <laughs> it's very dialogue driven. But if they're really dialogue driven, the dialogue's really good and the story's really good, then I really enjoy it. I told my but, staff that they watching the menu is mandatory viewing to work at Lorraine Bar. You have to watch the menu. You get that, Brandon? <laughs> my uh, oh, we my, lost him. My audio just went out. Hang on. Yeah. Yeah, it's very good. And Chris, it's only an hour, it's only 107 minutes. It's under well under two hours. Now, is it does it ha, is it like seriously, or is it like kind of tongue in cheek? Dude, I don't watch anything serious really anymore. <laughs> well, you know, no, you know what I mean. Like, is it are they trying to be serious and are just failing at it miserably, and that's why it's good, or are they not trying to be serious at all by being serious and it's enjoying enjoyable? I don't know. That's a tough question. <laughs> Do you understand what I mean? I mean, is it a movie that's, is it a movie? Well, there's movies that, and I don't subscribe to this. I subscribe to the fact that I don't want to hear it was so bad it was good. Because if you liked it, it was good. It wasn't bad. It may have been not been the good that they had intended, but you liked it. So you thought it was good. Not you was so bad. It was so good. It was good. Now it was good. Death Race 2000, fucking good. (laughs) Yeah, Brandon, check out your microphone. Let's see what's going on. Uh-oh, he broke, he broke his whole system. I hear you sound very far away. It sounds like you fell down a pit. I got a twisted sister. Twisted sister over here. Wanna log out and come back in? Chris and I can handle the heavy lifting for now. <laughs> we'll handle talking shit for a few minutes. Well, we got dead air now, so. There he goes. Aunt Brandon just loud. He's out. gone. He might be back. Okay. We will um. See. So, yeah, so I got that, the menu, Finland Saga, Last of Us. My winner's loaded. I'm trying to watch all the movies, too. I would like to watch more movies. Yeah. Um, like, you know, but we have, uh, I'm waiting Last for. Last is pretty good. It's fun. I never saw the first one. It, it, oh, Knives Out? That's, yeah, Knives I think Out. Knives Out is definitely better, but it was good. Yeah. Yeah, enough that we, you know, got a big chuckle out of it. It was fun. Uh-huh. Daniel Craig's character is amazing. You back? There he is. Yeah, I think so. There you go. Yay. Lots of background noise. Hold on. Me? All right. We're good. Let's We're not good. do the We're good. let's not do editing on air. We'll just keep No, no, no. We'll just go. Come on, let's go. All right, let's let's set up like the uh like an you know, old fucking pair of headphones so you gotta wrap the wire around twice. Oh, classic. Get Big a little phone. Huge fan. Twenty dollar gaming headphones on my head. Uh they've worked perfectly for like five years. Nice. Uh, little Turtle Beach? No, Turtle Beach is a shitbag company. They can go fuck themselves. <laughs> I forget what these are called. Turtle Beach started out, they were the go-to. And once they became 
Oh, once they became the go-to, they just started putting out shitty products. I, uh, I had, I had, uh, I had Turtle Beach were my first headphones, and they blew out, and they never really worked. One of the one of the years would pop from like a month in. They just one of the years was always clicking, then it went out, and then uh, I went and I got these things. I forget what they're called, but they've been working perfectly for years. There you go. Before we move on, Chris, you should watch that Banshees of Inisherin movie now. Yeah, we got it loaded up. It's on deck. You're going to be quoting that left and right. I feel a feeling. I have a. uh, I have a. um, I have a uh, a penchant for British Irish dramas like Foyle's War, Jim's favorite. Things like uh, what's the other all the ones where they're like, "Yeah, what's he doing here? What are you doing here?" What I say, D.I. Schmigason, D.I. Schmendrick, why are you here? I'm here to arrest you. Like that kind of stuff. <laughs> can't stand it. I fucking love it, man. And I think the reason why I love it is because I just like it brings everything in my world. And they're all on Sunday nights. It's like Elaine with the ticking 60 minutes. Like, I need the clock. It's like it brings everything in my world just down to a screeching halt, and it gets super quiet. And that's it. I enjoy political and social satire. That's what I like the most. Hence the menu. (laughs) Hence Knives Out and Glass Onion. Hence all the Korean dramas. So what I was saying was all that shit. Bad way of explaining. Very simply, what you just said was what I was trying to say. It's satirical. Yeah, satire. Satire's it's not good. like boom. Ooh, no, like everybody's now. It's one hundred percent satire. All right, yeah. Well, it's satire. I'll watch shit like that. Oh yeah, it's fucking great. I loved it. Highly recommend. The menu available streaming on HBO Max. How about Chet Jaguar? See streaming. Chet Jaguar also streaming. Also streaming on HBO Max. Max. <laughs> I watch them every day. Almost. Rock salt. We get, the, it, pimp, we get the, 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 uh, Megalon, or we get the Godzilla pinball machine at the bar now, and you fight Megalon at one point. Godzilla versus Megalon, and the whole time I'm playing, and Megalon's on the screen, I'm going, Megalon! Wake up! Megalon! <laughs> so, uh, let us, let us tell the listening audience that, um, two things. Number one, just watch the first ten minutes of that movie, and you'll find to somebody in that movie that you'll just want to die the entire Rocks movie. Off. So fucking useless. Fucking and number yeah. two, there's one Caucasian in the entire movie. It looks like Jim. No, there's three. <laughs> oh, are there three? I don't know. I, I just found out today that the the guy, Margalon, wake up, Margalon, is, his name is like Romolini. He's one of my people. He's a thang. Hey. They drug him over from Hey, Megalon, you got to get up. What he the stayed. hell are you doing? He stayed when the Axis powers split up. He stayed in Japan. <laughs> Mamma mia, Megalon, you got to get up. He's got a giant Mega, Mega Mussolini. There you go. Speaking of giant uh, mustaches, that's one thing I'm really excited for is the Mario movie. Oh, yeah. Super ridiculous. And let me just say this. I've been saying it for weeks now. His name is fucking Mario. Yes. Not Mario. Mario, Mario. Mario. It's Mario. Misa Mario. <laughs> the world's greatest ethnic stereotype. Yep. <laughs> Most heroic Fie- ethnic stereotype in history. Fieri. I'm pre- Fieri. I'm pretty sure he's Mario, Mario, and Luigi is Luigi Mario. No, they changed it. He's he's Jumpman. He's been Jumpman for a number of years now. Is he? Uh, yeah, he's Mario and Luigi Jumpman. Because, you know, they jump really high. Yeah, jumpman. And you know those Italians, they name you things like what you do, that was your name. Uh-huh. And he jumped. Mm-hmm. 
and was a plumber. He was. Mm-hmm. There we go. Okay. Uh, real quick, I want to touch on something before we get on. Uh, Brandon, we have to talk about this. Uh, Vincent fan. Come on, we got to talk about this before we move on. Before we do our best stuff. Fucking Vince. He's back in power. <laughs> like a fucking evil supervillain. Like Lex Luthor taking back over Lex Corp. And it looks like the company's being sale, but most, uh, sold. But most importantly, all the dirt sheets got it wrong. And they said Saudi Arabians bought it. So much so that CNBC had to say, yeah, some guy on the internet said that Saudi Arabian, a Saudi Arabian uh, group but WWE, that's not true. I don't know where that came from. You could just throw that out the window. Brandon Bunsen. Yes, yeah. This was like the great airing out. I think probably the only new, new news I have to say about this is that we've long joked and picked up on the fact that uh, pro wrestling media has no fucking idea what they're talking about, and they just like to be, the, be quick to jump to something. And this was, like I said, the great airing out where you could see everybody at the same time race to – to bite, take the bait, and uh, quickly, quickly get fucking trashed by I don't, I don't know if it was CNBC or what, but anybody with any credibility <laughs> by about ten o'clock the next morning was like, "Whoa!" It turns out there's this whole world of fake reporting that doesn't exist in anything else. That's all completely <laughs> wrong. I love it. It gives me such joy. And when the, when the news was starting to come out, when it was like working its way around the internet, these so-called reporters, these these you know, wrestling journalists, none of them, like, held on to, they couldn't hold on to the story and wait. They go to their Twitter account, and they're, and they're saying, oh, wait, do you hear the news I have? Oh, my God, it's the biggest news you'll ever hear. What a, you think fucking some guy who reports for the NFL goes, oh, my God, you can't wait to, I can't wait to tell you who got traded. Yeah. <laughs> like, what the fuck? It, it might not be interesting to you. It might not be that important. It definitely is not that important, but it's something that you will never see anywhere else no. again. That that much of a swath of, of human fucking garbage just jumping on useless information. Chris, uh, um, Yeah, I'm just curious if somebody's going to be one of these, like, some reporter – might have seen this and like a legit media guy might have seen this and been like, I'm going to go down this fucking rabbit hole and see what I can find. And we see like, you know, 20 minutes on some news show about how they just lie, you know, cause that's an interesting piece. That's an interesting piece of 20 minutes of news where, you know, Joe Smith has looked into the, this, the strange world of pro wrestling media known as dirt sheets and they keep and they'll show Meltzer over and over again and you know it it's it's so funny it, and there's ways like first of all all right i want to know in i mean we know what i shouldn't even ask this question because we know not what to, the world is. not to interrupt but, chris but no, to that interrupt. point it would be so funny to call all of them and just like push them on their sources that would be you could eat up 20 minutes with them mum, mumbling and fumbling uh, over what they're supposed to yeah yeah, no, I agree, and it would make. I think it would make make for like some ridiculous television. And uh, you know, we've talked about the Doctor D. David Schultz uh, mm-hmm. situation with um, the other guy whose name escapes me, but Stossel, John Stossel. Thank you. We talked about that situation, and you know, pro wrestling in general was kind of like keep this guy away. 
we don't want this guy getting involved because he's going to do this, he's going to do that, he's going to ruin the business. But you know, if that happens, we'll probably, if if somebody just like I want to look into this shit, and they call Vince McMahon or whoever, you know, I'm just using him because he was the first name to come up. Whoever they call that's involved in a top position in professional wrestling, those fucking guys will be like, these are the dudes you need to go check out. They're gonna wrap. They're just gonna be like, check out him, 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 and him. Go get them. And I think like. Other than Wade, there's like a few guys that we, like, I think Ryan Satin's pretty good. Wade Keller is pretty good. He just really does reviews anymore. He's not really like yeah. that. But, you know, these other guys, it's just so funny how, first of all, I want to know what makes them think that um, if a major multi-billion dollar company is being sold, that they're going to get the information first and it's not going to go to a major media outlet. They're going to get it first. It's CNBC isn't going to break that news before some idiot in his basement's going to get it. They, they, I mean, they're not media. They just claim to be. They don't have credentials, right? The guy's name was like Dan Muehlhausen or something like that. It was the guy that initially broke it. That and a Reddit username Rivet one two five too. They oh. were the two people to break. The other I mean, there's a Dan Housen and a Dan Muehlhausen, and they're different people. Uh, let me look Here's, up the guy's name. Here's the other thing that I thought was funny. In what world does a multi-billion-dollar co- company get sold in three hours? That oh, yeah, takes that takes a year, half a year to get that done. But he was like, "I'm back. I'm selling. Oh, I got a buyer." It's like he put his car up online, and somebody's like, "Yeah, I'll come over, check it out. Yeah, I'll be right over. I'll be right over." Came over with like just like big bags of money. Yeah. <laughs> I, listen, I'll come. I'll let me stop at the bank. I'll grab some cash and I'll be over your house. Hands him the keys to the Stanford offices, and he goes, "There you go." He just there you go. Walks away with giant, cartoonish-sized bags of money. He gives, he gives the guy the WWE thing on the fucking see on the roof. Yeah. Final thoughts on this, Brent? Yeah, I'll, I'll say like the one joke that I resisted from making last week that I'm not going to miss on twice. Now that, regardless of who purchases this, but it, I still think it's possible that it's somewhere ridiculous. Is that I didn't want to sound like a, like too snobby, but it's very clear that whoever's going to buy this is just has an exorbitant amount of cash. The we were talking about last week, it's like six to seven billion dollars is the uh, valuation, and you're going to get one point five million guys with cheesecloth on underwear and five hundred thousand literal children, and be like, yeah, go have fun clawing your six billion dollars back over time. Uh, it, it's either going to be Comcast, like somebody with a like someone with a novel amount of money where this is just a uh, stunt for them, or uh, I actually think the best case scenario might be Saudi Saudi Arabia. Too. Right. Well, part of the sale, you know, the rumor is now that part of the, and I'm seeing this on reputable websites, part of it is that Vince wants some kind of creative control and control over the business. So it seems like a private equity, some kind of private equity firm, or maybe that company that owns UFC. Forget who we called that. And Endeavor. Which Endeavor. I called out last week. Right. Endeavor would be the ones that would be most likely to buy it so Vince can still have some kind of control. So there you go. Well, they don't look like uh, – Endeavor doesn't look like the company that's going to budge on who's controlling the company. They're not going to let outside influences change their mind on who controls their company because Dana White's still in, in his spot. Right. Right, you know, right. And the reason, and look, the reason why Dana White's still with the spot is because they've learned over the years, many people have learned over the years that the only person I think on earth that's capable of doing that job as well as he does it is Dana White. If right. he was just some dude they can get rid of, they would have blasted him fucking immediately. Especially right. after he slapped the shit out of his That's wife. what I'm talking, that's what I mean. They would I mean, look, dude, he, he, uh, 
I, 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 I'm not going to get into it with it, like a whole thing, but like this is a guy who um, I respected the way he handled himself, you know, in a lot of situations. Some I did not, but then this just put him over the edge as being kind of like, Ugh. but um, he uh, that, he handles, you know, um, I know guys that put on fight cards and the biggest thing that they always complain about are MMA fighters, complete fucking babies. And he could handle all the babies. It's not an easy thing to do. And if they feel that they could, if a company feels that they can buy WWE, the one man that they know can handle WWE without them having to look over his shoulder, they, well, I mean, but is, you know, handle all that talent and all that personality, all those personalities is Vince McMahon. So they'll wait till all his bullshit just washes away and they'll leave him in there. Yeah, they're both. Something will happen in the news and then nobody will care about it anymore. They're both similar in that sense where it's half babysitting, half walking back and forth across hot coals, suppressing people's wages and keeping some weird independent contractor status for them where they they don't actually have to pay them. Uh, that's not a job that you can like – there's so much of a roaring fire with the, the workers that it's not a job you can just put someone else in and have it go well. Uh, I also just think it would be funny if there was a – uh, like how Vince McMahon inserted himself into the WWE storylines and made himself champ. If WWE just evolved into like some chic wrestling Roman Reigns and like winning the title and dancing around, like I, I think that's where this should head. That already Here happened. comes Yokozuna. And it's just random sumo guy. <laughs> Muhammad bin Salman is just like, <laughs> <laughs> don't say his name. Don't oh, say yeah. His name. Strike, strike two on YouTube. Yeah, we've been YouTubed. All right, really, final thoughts on this. we got a lot to talk about. Chris? I'd like to talk about our list of the year. I have no okay, final thoughts. This let's is just do a this. mess. We've reached that time of year. It's our best of the year, our phone um, bag awards, our wrestling is hard. Everybody gets a trophy that wrestling is hard. So what we usually do is we go through, and we all nominate somebody, and we'll vote at the end. We have a multiple different categories, and we'll go through them. I'm not going to give you all the categories. We'll just start. We'll start from category number one. Here we go. You guys ready to go? Brandon, you ready to go? Yep. Chris, you ready to go? I am. All right. Let's start off with best newcomer. Best newcomer to professional to a professional wrestling. Obviously, listening at home, it's stuff we watch. We didn't watch it. WWE is one of them. I don't fucking know who's a newcomer in that fucking company because I don't pay attention to it. But we're going to talk about the stuff that we watch. Um, Brandon, you can go first. And when we say newcomer, we don't mean newcomer to professional wrestling. We basically mean newcomer to the company. Yeah. We sure don't because uh, my best newcomer has been around for quite a while, but I wasn't aware of him until this year. And uh, the reason why I picked him is because he did one of the, the funniest things, in my opinion, that you can do. And, and why I watch wrestling is, is uh, for something funny to happen, and that's bite. Kenny Omega, East Steel, <laughs> best newcomer, 2022. East Steel. Didn't stuck around for a cup of coffee, bit somebody and left. Uh, Chris, go ahead. So, so I was on the fence. I had two best newcomers of this year. Um, right, talk about both of them. Well, I'm going to talk about both of them, first of all. But one of them so plastered all over my list for this year because he was so great. So uh, I'm just going to throw it out there. I'm not really going to give it any background because everybody will know why, but it's Johnny Knoxville. He only made he one had, appearance this year, but it was th- fantastic. I don't think so. with WWE Listen, before? I don't know. I don't care. I've never seen him. Newcomer to me. Uh, but here's my legit one. 
And that's Jake Hager's purple hat. <laughs> nice. We should, yeah. that should be gimmick, right? Yeah, well, whatever. We it's a new company. They treat it so fantastic. So, I don't know. That's that's all I really have. It's tough coming up with these things sometimes because we watch so much Met wrestling. Everything just gets lost in the shuffle. So, I'm going to nominate Jake Hager's purple hat as the newcomer like of the year. Done. All right, I got lots of them. I hope you guys brought your thinking caps because it took me a lot to get through these fucking things. So, like, just with AEW, uh, these are people that are new to this year, 2022. Uh, Kanosuke Takeshita, new to AEW this year. Athena, Chris's favorite professional wrestler. <laughs> Tony Storm. They all just showed up this year in AEW. Uh, we get the uh, uh, karate nurse. Dancer, TikTok star, Juria Nagano from TJPW. Ram Kaichal, if you remember her, she's the white-faced girl with the pink hair that caused uh, Wakasukiyama to wear blackface because she was so mad at her. All the girls from Prominence, Risa Sarah, Suzu Suzuki, all new to stardom. Chan Yoda, the porn star turned professional wrestler. She ended up causing a, uh, supposedly causing a, uh, a, uh, a sponsor to try to get her thrown off the company and let's start him. And, and, uh, Rossi Gawa said, nah, that's okay. We'll just get a new sponsor and brought her in, <laughs> brought her in anyway. Cause she, they knew she was money. But if I'm picking best newcomer, it's got to be Suzu Suzuki in her appearance and, uh, surprise appearance too in, uh, stardom. She's been great. I'm putting her in as my own, my pick. Suzu Suzuki. I took it seriously. I have plenty of other categories that thick seriously. <laughs> Brandon, you good with that? I didn't take this seriously. Yeah, how couldn't you? You have to take it serious. This is serious stuff. This is pro wrestling. No, I mean I like to. I, all those are great. Uh, I would I would uh, switch my vote to uh, to Keshda. All right, we'll, we'll get there. We'll no, get I'm just saying. I think that that's a that's a that's a great. I didn't think about him. He pops in and out of AEW, but I had, I had no for. idea who he was beforehand, and um, you know. Take, I, uh, take I do now. A That's a, uh, what's it called? Cornet joke. It's a funny one. Take a shit up. Oh, is it? Fuck that. Yeah, Fuck man. That he thinks that's the funniest shit ever. <laughs> I suck. I love how he thinks he's tough. How about Breakout Star? Now that we're not going to vote on this one. Brandon, who are you thinking about for Breakout Star of the Year? Oh, once again, I goofed off a little bit here, but but truly, I, I, I put Mandy Rose, breakout star. She was great, man, for what we caught of her. She was awesome, especially when she broke out of the chains at WWE. Transcended, yeah. Talk about breakout. Transcended million dollars in a month. A month. In December, just in time to cut, make the cut for the best of the year. She knew what she was doing. She wanted to Talk get it about breaking out. Yeah, hell yeah. Chris, yeah, man. who you got? So, I mean, I don't know if this is breakout. Of, I, I, like I said, we go back so far, um, but I'm going to go with Starlight Kid. Uh, as a heel coming through, I think that I don't know if that was at the end of 2021 last or year. beginning of 2022, but yeah, that was I really got into uh, her as a as a as a uh, heel character in 2022 or 2022. Nice. Yeah, so Starlight yeah. Kid. Yeah, there you go. See, comprehensive lists I have. Tomoko Naiba from JT uh, just tap out. She's fucking awesome. She's in stardom. There's a couple of girls you guys don't watch, but I'm, I'll mention them anyway, just for people that listeners if they want to check somebody out. Gleek. You know, Gleek Wrestling, there's a yep. girl named Maya Fukuda, who's like a karate girl, and they do these fake shoot matches, and she's awesome in them. 
Uh, Mina Shirakawa, she had a breakout year. Maya Watanabe, she was great in TJPW. Of course, Suzu Suzuki, Kanosuke Takeshita, but my breakout star of the year is Jamie Hader. Easily. She, uh, she proved it in the ring. They didn't like, give her much mic time and she fucking got the fans behind her and now she's the women's champion of AEW. Any thoughts on that, Brent? Good stuff. Good stuff. It's a Chris, fantastic talk. pick. Jamie Hader is a fantastic pick for Breakout Star of the Year. You sometimes things are right under your nose, and you try to act smarter than you actually are, and you try to go deep into the crates, but the best thing you see is right underneath your nose. So right. Jamie Hader is definitely right there. I keep uh, Chris, Chris Statlander yeah. around, too. If I was between those two, I was, I was going to nominate one of the AEW women. Onward. Yeah. Shame she got hurt. Uh, most improved. Brandon, who you got? Uh, most improved. So this is a little bit of a tricky one for me because I think a lot of the AEW wrestlers, as much as they improve, they regress within the same year. So I had, I, I had a hard time picking one of them. Master Wado almost snuck in there for me, but he's a couple days late. Um, I went with Saya Kamatani. Now you can, you feel free to jump on me if I, if I'm incorrect here because I don't have many years of stardom history behind me, but I felt like her matches were getting better, better the more that I watched them. Uh, so for me, as far as having more fun watching someone as the as the year went on, Saya, Chris, who you got? Um, I'm going to go with Mandy Rose on that one. Uh, I mean, she went from kind of a mid Carter in the main on the on the main show to a uh, champion in NXT for a very long time and carried that whole division. I will select Mina Shirakawa from Stardom. She was the booby joke girl, and she turned into, she's like the ground and ground worker now of stardom, which is fucking ridiculous that she's been able to improve herself that well. And she's got a fucking high-flying game now. It's crazy how good she is. And who knows where she would have gone if she didn't miss the last month with a broken fucking face. Broken face. And she Don't seems be- like she's, she's going to uh, factor heavily into their 2023. So, good stuff. Go ahead, Chris. I was going to say, she's at home, on freezing a frozen face. JR, she's home. That's uh, Taz. Good stuff. Taz. Good guy. Good, good stuff. All right, what's next? Uh, Biggest surprise. All right, here we go. This is where it starts getting fun. Brandon, go Yeah, this was a really tough one. I I probably had about 10 I had to cut down for this. Um, I, I, I... Ended up selecting Cody Rhodes going to WWE as the biggest surprise. Elaborate, good. I think um, the it, the blood was in the water a little bit, but for some for somebody that seemed like a figurehead of a company to to go back to being the ultimate sellout here that fast into it, there's so much behind that that still hasn't been revealed. Um, I really didn't like I didn't expect it. Uh it was between that and Sasha Banks quitting. But everything else I I the more I thought about it, I was like, is that really a surprise? Could you couldn't doesn't it make sense the more you think about it? This was one where I was like I'm still not sure what happened here. Chris, go ahead. Well, I have two biggest surprises. Um my first biggest surprise would be um the Sasha and Naomi thing, just quitting before a Raw. Um, not what is not surprising is that WWE basically just went on TV and you know was petty. They stink. Fuck. 
they're petty as fuck on tell on national television and told one side of the story instead of just letting them leave and due to circumstances beyond our control, the women's tag team titles have been forfeited and we will be doing X to find out who the new now we're gonna talk about how awful human beings they are. Because you know, the guy that they worked for was such a wonderful guy. He always takes mm-hmm. the high road. Yes. Um but my other one is is that a certain um shill for Car Shield had a match at 117 years old and didn't die in the middle of it. That's Ric Flair. He lived that entire match, and I'm very surprised that he didn't fucking die. They're my surprises for Ric uh, Flair surviving. That Ric Flair lived. Yes, I have have Ric Flair lived with an exclamation point in my notes. That was one of my considerations as as well. I'm kind of up in the air here, so I'm going to take something that you guys haven't talked about. So on my list, I have the the fact that Forbidden Door even happened was pretty wild. CM Punk and the Elite not being able to reconcile for money is the most childish fucking shit I've ever heard in my life. The amount of money they could make. Money. Oh my god. AEW like also AEW brushing the whole fight underneath the rug, and then just ditching storylines and shit. So guys didn't have anything to do. You had fucking MJF coming out with the. This crew of guys, and he just disses them. MJF's like a good guy, then suddenly he's a bad guy again, and now he's doing canned promos again. But AEW in, in fucking September, October was a fucking disaster. Um, prominent yeah. showing up in Stardom was a big deal. Of course, Ric Flair surviving his last match is on my list as well. And Naomi and uh, Sasha and Naomi quitting. But um, if I'm going to... All right, if I put something big as surprise, I'll just put Forbidding Door happening out of all that list. Because it was, it seemed so far away and impossible to happen. And when it did happen, it was actually turned out to be a pretty good, damn good fucking show. Thoughts? Yeah, I, I would give a polite uh, Japanese no applause crowd clap to all of those an- answers. I really uh, thought about all of them. Um, to me, Forbidden Door, I I, to, I personally was all over because I'm just like, there's not that much money coming in any of these companies t- to make it not make sense. Uh, and Chris, I left Ric Flair off of all of my shit despite my my desires because I want you to keep bringing him up. I mean, oh, one of the no it's going to happen. Yeah, but like you said, Brandon, like a lot of the stuff on the list was kind of a. Yeah, I'm not that surprised. Like, are we surprised that Vince McMahon was a scumbag? Of course not. We said it at the moment that it happened. We're not surprised. It still sucks. Nobody's surprised that he was doing the shit he was doing. Anyway, I just, don't be surprised about anything in wrestling. Go ahead, Chris. Can you just think about the amount of money that AEW could have made? And, like, you just brought it up, the money. And not just their, like, you know, I don't want people, because I'm sure you probably mean this when you say money. It's not their paychecks. It's the amount of money they could have made going forward that they this fucking could have been a story lost. Two years. This could have gone good. on, and they could have brought it back every five fucking years if they wanted to, if they were still around. You know what I mean? Like this is something that you could have. This could have been Shawn Michaels, and I mean, obviously, I'm not on this level, but Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels. Yeah. Go away from it. Come back to it. We got nothing. Uh, let's go back to these guys. Um, you know, um, 20 years down the line, they could sell their story to a fucking movie or something. Yeah, it, it's just still be talking about it. It's stupid. That's some stupid ass shit. And it's called fucking rabid ego, ego maniacs. And if you put the pl- pieces of the puzzle to play in place, 
I mean, every time that there's a major, like a major thing like this in professional wrestling, one dude's involved in it. You know, I mean, it looks like there's somebody that doesn't know how to go along to get along. Well, I don't know. I wasn't there, so I can't even. But this punk rock. You say that I almost want to switch my answer to that jerk off. That that, which um, one? To the CM Punk thing. I can change mine, so we can talk about it later. Let's do that. I'll just change mine. Yeah, we'll talk about it later. Yeah. CM Punk Bucks can't play along. Next up, we're going to do best moment. Brandon, who you got? What you got? Yeah, the one I had to think about the least. Stoney Balones versus Kevin Owens. Designed for me. Um, the, the, uh, The cleanest, happiest thrill of the year for me. Chris, what you got? And we're talking favorite moment here. Favorite moment, correct? Uh, it's, yes, it's, favorite it's, moment. it's Sammy Zayn getting slapped in the face with the giant hand. <laughs> that whole fucking match is just is just loaded with favorite favorite moments of 2022. I, I can't I can't remember enjoying myself more watching a wrestling match in my fucking life than watching that, and all of it topped off with Johnny Knoxville's goggles flying off all the time. Right. Let's see what I got. I got, uh, okay. I have from that match, I said Sami Zayn getting slammed by Wee Man. It's a pretty big one. Um, Julia finally facing off against Suzuki was a pretty good one. I got Stone Cold Wrestling. That's in there. How about, uh, stuff we forgot? Uh, Hazuki when she accidentally breaks the money ball during the, uh, <laughs> rush. Fucking amazing. <laughs> Shit was so good. I so completely good. forgot about that. And forgot then, about dude, that. And they went, they just kept going, man. They still had to get, all the money was on the ground. They still had to get it. They still had to take the broken ball down. You know, I watched some of this stuff back, and I watched that match back, and one thing I missed the first time was that Natsuko Tora runs, she's on color commentary. She runs to the ring and starts pocketing money. She has nothing to do with the match. (laughs) It's fucking great. Uh, How about, um, here's a good one. Ready? Joey Ryan working the Disney Jungle Cruise and getting fired when he got called out. Oh, shit. Dude, there's so much shit we forgot about that I had to go through and, like, remember. I spent time. That was that. so good. Now, he How got fired because they found out he was the dude that was doing what he was doing, right? Yeah, like, somebody ratted out. Yeah. yeah. Sexually yeah. assaulting women. Uh, I have a steel in here biting people. Best moment. You mentioned it, Brandon. Uh, the Chan Yoda press conferences, which I talked about, where she's basically picking up Rosie Ogawa and doing squats with him on his shoulder. Um, how about uh, this one? It was officially from 2022. Dave Meltzer reports in The Observer, quote, they had to remove his Shibata's brain during surgery and put it back in. At the oh time, doctors God. said there was no possible, it was no way possible he could ever wrestle again. True quote. Took his brain out of his head. Yeah. All that fun stuff. My best moment of the year ah. is Eddie Kang's Kingston walking to the ring with the can to burn Jack Chris Jericho alive. That's my favorite. How did I forget that that happened? Oh that my, my god. favorite part. That was my number two. That's a oh my god. That was and and I'm I'm gonna tell you you know I, I, it could be recency bias because you just brought it back up, but the still of him with the gas can is probably so one of the great stills in professional wrestling history. Yeah. That is a T-shirt of epic proportions right there. Fucking wild. So good. I forgot about that. That's a, that's a good one. We're gonna have a good debate about. There can only be one winner. <laughs> yeah, not, not really. We all win. We all witnessed it. Everybody's a moment. 
Brandon, worst moment. Yeah, I, yeah. personal to me, I don't know if this is a moment, a storyline, uh, Kota Ibushi and New Japan Pro Wrestling. This one hit me pretty hard. Uh, my uh, Maybe my favorite New Japan Pro Wrestler, somebody I always look forward to, seeing how ugly that got. Um, New Japan, to me, had a, had a pretty clean, naive reputation, and, and seeing how, how pathetic that was was one of the lowlights for me, and the number one. Apparently the guy that was responsible for that is now works for Noah. He's no longer involved with New Japan. Okay. <laughs> I guess a demotion. <laughs> He's still got a job, though. Chris, worst moment of the year. Well, my worst moment is actually a series of moments. Um, there were a couple at the end that kind of brought that up, but I think they were all that kind of brought it above worst moment. But I think they were all in 2023. And that was <laughs> the Great Muda's retirement tour. It's still going on. It's <laughs> fuck, man. It's not good. Not good. You need somebody needed to just quit, and this dude didn't, and he's going out there. And you know, I mean, if you want, this was like, you know, when Evil Knievel was doing uh, a- advertisements for the like the what are they, the hover round, the little old person scooter. You know, the dude who jumped Snake River Canyon and almost and <laughs> in a rocket and made it five feet and plummeted to the bottom. He is now selling grandpa scooters. His kid That's what died. we, who's that, who, Evils? Yeah. And Evils' kid didn't have, he, um, he, he had some issues. Yeah. But, um, yeah, this mood of retirement. Steve Knievel. He was Steve Knievel. His, uh, this was the, uh, it was Robbie Knievel. His, uh, it was the worst. Mood's retirement tour was, uh, I mean, this, look, it's pro wrestling. We're loaded with worst moments. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know. So I wrestled That happened. And it's gonna happen again in Japan. Woo! But, um, uh, <laughs> and I'm not giving anybody the money back that came to my last match. And I said, woo! But, uh, yeah, Muda's retirement tour. Worst moment. All right, I got a couple of things to talk about. I, I always have a couple of things to talk about. How about Sammy Guevara and Tay Mello making out of the time? And they thought that it was because they're bad guys, but really people just didn't want to look at them because they suck. <laughs> How about this one? Yeah, that was yeah, it was terrible. How about this one? You guys might not remember this. Uh, Nakajima knocks out Endo at Cyberflight Festival and is promptly scolded by Jun Nakayama about how it's unprofessional. Right. That was fucking amazing. I watched that shit live. They stood in the ring and just were like, him and his teammates were just standing there, like, humiliated while Junak out was pointing at him and yelling at them. It was fucking so good. And the announcers were just like, oh, we're going to move on to the next match. And he's just like, <laughs> so good. Was that this year? That was this year. Wow. How about uh, every time somebody books Marty Skrull, that guy keeps getting sold. <laughs> That's a terrible moment. Antonio Noki dying. R.I.P. <laughs> His, uh, you know what? Let me. No, I'm gonna. No. Let me throw one in. Now that you said that, because I want to just want to interrupt you real quick. Antonio Inoki's magic, not bringing him back to life. That was the worst moment in wrestling this year. Not that he right. died, but his powers didn't resurrect him from the dead. Okada really loved him. <laughs> How about the, all the Vince no, news? That's a pretty bad moment, right? <laughs> John Laurinaitis, yeah, yeah, Laurinaitis, all that shit. But most importantly, the worst moment of the year is Ric Flair didn't die in this final match. <laughs> he should have died. That's my that's my submission. <clears throat> not Rick just die, collapse like a marionette. 
What happened? You lose him? We lose him again? You fall off? You fall off the uh, off the earth? I'm here. Oh, right. <laughs> I said you not just die. This is how that like sounded. Hold on. This is how that sounded. Ric Flair just collapsed like a marionette. <laughs> the audio just like you, you finished marionette so fast. I thought your audio cut out. Marionette. <laughs> you said it in French. All right. Uh, next up. Rick's long time partner. Partner. <laughs> okay, okay. Never gets up. Woo, Cassio Flyers is a hockey player. Cassio, woo, I like Michigan, Georgia. I woo. Woo, woo, woo. Expanding lore of Rick Flair. I wish I had more of a room. I would elbow drop my Georgia. sweatshirt right now. Michigan, Georgia. Oh, my God. All right, next up. Hardest to watch. Brandon, what do you got? What would you, you got there? What do you got there? Uh, th- I went went with the two uh, CEOs here. Both both of them hardest to watch, but my final pick is Tony Khan. Um, and again, this has to do with expectations. You expect nothing from Vince, but I think seeing that the other promotion is equally as fucking goofy in in its own way uh, just was really kind of a dark time for me realizing how uncool Tony Khan is. I had a, I had a tough time. I was thinking of, I don't know if it was this year or late last year, we went to uh Lee Accord center and he had, he did he announced the Philly street fight and started screaming. I would call it shrieking. And you could understand anything he was he started, saying. He started Adderall ranting. And it was just so like, good. Oh, the, uh, how fast that guy can pop the balloon on it. What's already not the most exciting thing in the world. Chris, what you got? Well, I'm going to throw this out there because I know we don't watch it, but I see it on my Instagram, so I'm forced to, I, I'm compelled by it. Anything involving Ronda Rousey is a fucking mess. <laughs> um, and, and I have, and I have Muda again, you know, because he's hard to watch. Um, but I'm going to tell you, man, the hardest thing to sit there, because these aren't things I saw clips of. This is something that I sat through, and I watched it. And it was supposed to be building of a fucking storyline, what, what led up to this. And what led up to this, and whatever storyline they were going to, was a fucking mess. It didn't make any goddamn sense when it happened. And then that is the entire promo involving MJF turning on Regal, and then Regal's promo afterwards was a fucking disaster. And now Regal is back yep. to, or now, you know, all because I guess they, I mean, would they pull a fucking uh, Canyon Seaman and not realize that Regal's contract was up? I, I, I don't know what happened, but they had no plan for this guy's exit. Especially when you were featuring him during every match in, in, uh, involving the Blackpool Combat Club. Then you had the entire thing where uh, Danielson was on his knees begging him, not begging Moxley not to hit him. Then, then the, the MJF turning on Regal thing, cause he helped the next day or whatever it was, uh, or the next week on, on, uh, on Dynamite. And then Regal's leaving, I'm leaving, whatever he said. <laughs> I forget what it was. It was just so bad. I, I'm going to go with that. That whole Regal storyline involving MJF was just, I mean, like you had a guy that apparently they're working an angle where he was unhappy and he cried and he pouted and he got what he wanted. And then, um, you're pushing this as your main storyline, and then that is the best you can fucking come up with as far as what is pushing the television show forward. It's painful. 
Very good. I have, here we go, hardest to watch. Anything WWE completely fell off. I can't watch a minute of it. It's so fucking cringeworthy. How about the up-and-coming talent who hasn't gotten any better, Anna Jay? Mm. She is fucking awful. Painful. The Young Bucks, all their acting, awful. Anytime they have to act, they have to show any kind of emotion. Terrible, terrible. The hardest thing for me to watch, and it's been this way since fucking 2020, is anything with a clap crowd. All the clap crowd shit fucking sucks. COVID. Yeah. Let these people cough all over each other, please. Best story of 2022. Brandon, what you got? Jeez, uh, this, this was probably the hardest one for me. <laughs> I did the uh, the. I think I'm going to go with the Stardom Five Star Grand Prix in general. I'm a sucker for a good tournament. Um, the way that this played out, the way Jimmy kind of teased it within the podcast that helped me get into it, I think was a, a very effective way of getting me into something. I also was going to put the CM Punk MJF thing, but I don't really feel like talking about either of them anymore tonight. <laughs> Man, what a, dude, there's so many good moments in AEW that just went nowhere. Yeah, once you go storyline, it's like, ooh. Mm. Chris, best storyline. I'm going to go with Ronda Rousey doing anything during Ric Flair's retirement. Now, it's um, it's the, the way that they danced around and then finally got to the return of Suzu Suzuki into Julia's life. Um, and the way that they worked that whole five-star Grand Prix. It was fucking amazing. I think we got a unanimous one here. Yeah, that was it. That Look was at it. that. I think my my mind isn't exactly that, but it's the same fucking thing. So, like, I also really enjoyed... Give me some more. Uh, I really enjoyed uh, Ram Kaichel throwing powder in Wakasukiyama's face and um, making Wakasukiyama go so crazy she went in blackface. I was a big fan of that. But when it comes down to it, uh, Julius title chase is my favorite storyline of the year. From the beginning of the year when she, my soccer, I joined her and people left her group to prominence coming in and harassing the shit out of her. And then, you know, the Cinderella tournament, the, the tags tournaments, the fucking five star tournament. Yeah, it was fucking great. So Julia, Julia, I think we got Julia, Julia, Julia here, right? Yeah. Everything involving Julia. Ooh. I'm spoiling. spoiling how good a year she had. Go out of your way to check out her fucking story, man. You know what I mean? You're listening at home. It's not hard. You can go on uh Stardom War on their on their uh YouTube channel. Sure it's not it's in Japanese, but you figure out what the fuck's going on. How about best show of the year? Brandon got By show do you mean promotion or uh show. We could do promotion sing- next. Singular event. Let's do promotion now. I think it's uh, as much as I have to grit my teeth here a little bit. It's stardom. At, at first, I was uh, struggling to struggling to admit that it was as good as it was, and yeah, look at where we are now. I think ran away with the year, kind of held the podcast afloat for a long period of time, yeah, and dude. we're all fans at this point. Chris, now are we going best show or best promotion? Let's do best promotion first, okay. and then we'll do best show. All right. Um, yeah, I'm going to go against the grain here because um, I'm pretty sure what you guys are all going to say. So I'm going to go against the grain, and I'm going to say stardom. 
<laughs> You're the worst. <laughs> What's that? You're the worst. Yeah, I'm gonna gonna, 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 go against against the grain. Start him. No, it was definitely start him. I mean, look, start him in 2022 got from me from not having a hard time watching it to being riveted by what was going on in the program Mm -hmm. and not through matches. Matches were an extra, they were the cherry on top of how good the drama was portrayed. Right. Now, yeah, so I have two different, uh, that's why I mixed these up. So I have two different. I have Favorite show and best show. Did you guys do it that way? Well, I had I had the best. My favorite. Uh, I had done as a um, like as a promotion, and then mm-hmm. one as the best. My favorite show, like you know, actual thing event of the year. Gotcha, Brandon. I just did promotion. I didn't. I didn't do a specific pay per view. Favorite or. Or um, favorite show I did. All right, let's do favorite show then. So, uh, unironically, I just did this show. The Wrestling is Hard podcast is is far and away my favorite show. Uh, if it wasn't for this, probably twenty out of the fifty two weeks this year, I, I would not have felt like watching wrestling. But being able to to have some uh, people to have some camaraderie with and laugh about this shit with was uh, more the reason I watch wrestling than anything else. It's fucking crazy, right? When you have people to talk to about stuff, all of a sudden it's really interesting. <laughs> Chris, favorite show, best show, whatever. Um, I, I want to say I have two, but I'm just going to give you one because you're going to give me, you'll, you'll go probably go down the other road. Maybe. I don't know. I shouldn't say that, but uh, my favorite show, the one I had the most joy watching, I'm going to say was WrestleMania this year. You got the KO match with Stone Cold. You got the Johnny Knoxville match. You got a bunch of other stuff that was relatively entertaining. I mean, they did a good job with Mania this year. I know we don't watch WWE, but we were watching it at that time. They were definitely um, watching Mania. Everybody and, uh, Mania. yeah, and you had a, and, and they did a really good fucking job. I was very pleased with that one. Um, favorite shows. I mean, there was a bunch of really good shows. Specifically in stardom, but Forbidden Door was a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, the crossover in New Japan was really good. But you guys, you guys didn't do best show or you did do best show? I'm sorry. Not event. I don't know if there was a, if there's a difference between my favorite one. I mean, I guess my favorite one was the best one. Yeah. Well, that's not necessarily true. My favorite, I mean, like I could say, dude, I loved any show that. Yeah. Goofy as fuck. All those stardom and showcase shows were fucking amazing. I don't know if it was the best show, though. I, I, it wouldn't be something I'd be like, hey, you want to check out this product? Here you go. Best show, in my opinion, was the stardom final. Yeah, five-star final. I love that. That's what, was, that's what I was going to say, not to step on you, but if I was going to pick one off the top of my head, which we touched on earlier, the five-star Grand Prix final for me was where I was like, okay, I now am a fan of this. I'll yeah, go with you on that one. Yeah. yeah, as far as it being the best, actual best show of the year, mm-hmm. as opposed to my favorite, like the one that I found. That, yeah, no, that was the best show. Told the best stories out of anybody. The one I'm sitting here fucking editing as I go along because I screwed up. <laughs> so I'll have to come back to it. All right. How about uh, your favorite match? Now, this is different than best match. Same criterion. Brandon? Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm trying to think. I wrote down the jackass match. That's my number one. We've touched on that. I want to go because I just watched it, top of mind, Julia versus Siri. 
Uh, that was something I was uh, truly waiting for the whole year, and I felt like delivered. Let's put that in there. Uh, that's your favorite match. We don't, have to, we don't have to write it down. It's fine. We're not going to vote on this one. Uh, Chris, what's your favorite match of the year? My I got favorite, a list of stuff that to consider. My favorite match of the year? Mm-hmm. That would have to go to Mr. What are you talking about? We didn't say, I didn't say it was the best. I just said it was my favorite. Look, it gave it put me on the map for what is apparently my great uh, Ric Flair impersonation. I don't know if it's great, but it's definitely entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> but again, there you go. There's a difference between favorite or entertaining and best. Oh, God. Uh, here's a bunch of them. Well, of course, Sami Zayn versus Johnny Knoxville. That was a fun. Fucking great. The Kyrie uh, Mayu Iwatani match was fucking great because it was like one of a kind. It never happened before. Uh, all the Julia matches in this five star match we forgot about Starlight Kid versus Azumi, which was in January of 2022. Uh, every single stardom ladder or hardcore match was fucking amazing. Uh, there was a match on DDT where it was for the heavyweight championship, the heavy metal weight championship where Suzu Suzuki wrestled Shunma outside in a tiny little fucking park. And it was right by this, this couple that were having a date and they didn't want to be on TV and they kept apologizing to them. They were falling all over the place. They're both of them were stapling shit to each other's faces and stuff. It was fucking insane. Uh, I sent you guys that Junka side versus El Desperado hardcore or death match. That shit was amazing. And another match that I really, really fucking enjoyed was the Master Wado and El Desperado versus uh, Hiromu and uh, Taiji Shimori match where they couldn't get along. That was a lot of fun. But I think my favorite match of the year easily was Blood and Guts. Fucking, dude, John Moxley comes out the wild thing. The song plays for three minutes until it just keeps repeating. Until Jericho goes up to the fucking soundboard, starts screaming, I fucking hate this song, and starts smashing the soundboard. It's the, you know, the bleeding, the guy from uh, 2.0 bleeding all over the fucking place, Blockhead. It's the match with the uh, gas can scene. That match is a lot of fucking fun. I love that fucking match. I'm glad you brought that up. All right, how about best match of the year? Brandon. Some would say, some listeners may say I'm flipping these two, but it's Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Kevin Owens. It, it was not booked beforehand. The complete madness when it was going on, the size of the crowd, it's everything that I actually want from pro wrestling. It's not about the the technicality or the skill set or the moves. I just thought that was the coolest shit that could have happened that day, and uh, it went down. So, Chris, what you got? So I have a whole list here. I'll, I'll rattle some off, and then I'll give you my favorite one. Adam, yeah, same here. I'm, I'm gonna, I did not. I'm gonna. I'm going to decide on. Do it. I don't know. Yeah, good. Yeah, because it's hard for me too. So, um, Kyrie Mayu Iwatami was awesome. I love Kyrie. Uh, Julia versus Suzu Suzuki. Just the simple fact that 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 before the match, the stare down in the ring it was just that was enough to put it on my list. Julia versus Suri. Fucking amazing. That was such a long time, you know, uh, such a great build to a match that definitely paid off at the end. But the best match of 2022 was Stone Cold Steve Austin versus KO. I thought it was going to be. <laughs> it was Rick Flair. Fuck, I blew it. Man, I'm not a comedian. What do you want from me? 
I'm not funny at all. Um, no, <laughs> I mean, look, Stone Cold versus KO, that gave us everything we could want from a wrestling match. Like, I mean, it, it whipped you back in time. And he gave you the best. He gave, Stone Cold gave you the the greatest hits. He gave you you know beers and middle fingers and and driving around. He did every era of Stone Cold driving around with the guy on the fucking on the ATV. All this other shit. I mean, it was phenomenal. That was I was so happy when that happened. And then he gave you know the next day he gave fuckface the another one of the worst stunners of all time. So hey, forgot <laughs> about that. Uh, best match. Okay, so I got a bunch of them. Uh, some stuff that maybe we forgot. So you got Julie and Suzy Suzuki. You mentioned that. You got Siri versus Julie at the end of the year. Sammy, Sammy versus Johnny Knoxville. Sammy Zane versus Johnny Knoxville was awesome. Julie versus Tom at the end of the, uh, five star, the final. That was intense. Kyrie and Mayo Iwatani for the IWGP, the inaugural IWGP Women's Championship. How about Okada versus Osprey in the G1 Finals? That was fucking awesome, that match. Incredible. Yeah. Blood and Guts, definitely my favorite match. Uh, Hikaru Shida versus Jamie Hayter, easily the best television match, women's match in AEW, arguably the best match in AEW history. But I guess I got to go with my heart, and it doesn't matter because I lose, but we all win here. I'll go with uh, Julia versus Siri for the uh, Dream Queendom 2 final. think you guys would still hold on to uh, the what's called match like that. Surprise. Estonia versus KO. It was fun. It was a good time. Are we sweeping across these again, or is this the last time this is going to come up? What do you mean? No, we'll go across them again. So, we'll get a vote on some of them. Yeah, I think one of the things with the Stone Cold uh, match was that that era of Stone Cold never really gave us – there was never an ending to it. Right, he was he walked out. He yeah, he walked out, and then he came back, but he didn't really wrestle. He was the GM. He was driving around on the fucking ATV. It that like I said, yeah, that and it gave us closure to that whole era of Stone Cold just being on the top of fucking pro wrestling and being as awesome as he was. And I think that's one of the reasons why it just stuck in my head because it was a perfect ending to that because we never got one years ago. Yeah. Yeah, but I'll he's just touch back on it. WrestleMania too, apparently. Good. Don't don't say that. I'll just touch on it. Here. I'll just touch on it here. This to me is the apex of what you could get. Um, it's a career's worth of of build up and storytelling to the point where everybody's on the same page where they can just cry out of excitement to see you laugh at all the goofy bullshit. It doesn't really matter if you execute the mu- the moves that well at that point, but he's still taking bumps anyway. And the extravagance at the end of tens and tens of beers getting tossed, as silly as it is, it's just like, that's kind of what you want at the end of this, is just like yeah. the communal aspect and joy and laughter and emotion to it. And they, they fucking executed there. And there's really nothing more you can do than that. Yeah, you'll never hear a stadium as big as Texas Stadium as loud as it was in that moment ever again, even if the fucking Dallas Cowboys won the Super Bowl. It was so right. fucking loud. That was so intense. Sorry for the melodrama. I know you oh, it's gonna Chris like hates that, the but... melodrama. I love melodrama. <laughs> the um, one of the things that um, we talk about often on here, we're not fucking, we're not going to pretend we're some pretentious critics. We want to be entertained. 
And some of our favorite matches every year, every week when we talk about pro wrestling on here is the overbooked, goofy, silly shit, the stuff that makes you feel like a kid again. Yeah. You know, we'd never praise the fucking Young Bucks, but as soon as they brought a Christmas tree into their match, we were talking about how much fun the match was. Mm-hmm. We love the overbooked shit. We love it. It's fucking great. It's fun. The moment that you start pretending that you're some kind of expert and you can't enjoy the the fun that professional wrestling brings you, you might as well go find something else to do. Or you should go watch the menu, which will teach you a lesson about that, too. Right, it's the it's the it's the other side of what Chris touched on with the Muda thing is like yeah you should watch the menu but what Chris touched on with the Muda thing is what isn't fun about wrestling it's like that all the other things should stack to that point where you should appear years later out of nowhere and everyone can just enjoy that that's what you should be building to at all times. But. He doesn't he refuses to do that he still wants to work he still thinks he should at the top of his game even though he can't move. Talk about delusional <sighs> when. When fucking, like, a few years ago during the uh, uh, New Japan Rambo at Wrestle Kingdom, Scott Norton comes walking out of nowhere. The place fucking went nuts for him. Scott yeah. fucking Norton. Arm wrestling strongman. Because he well, doesn't wrestle. He just showed up. Well, I mean, think about it if they had had Ric Flair's last match and it had been overbooked and silly as fuck. The best part of Ric Flair's, <laughs> best would, ma- Ric Flair's match was the... Overbooked nature of Jeff Jarrett. Jeff Jarrett acting like a lunatic. And his wife. It was fucking awesome. Yeah. He acted, he was totally fucking over the top and he was the only person that really did that. Everybody else was treating it well. (laughs) Fucking, fucking, what's his name? Andrade was treating it like he was a fucking paramedic on the west. He was a nurse. Waiting, fucking nurse. But, uh, Jay Lethal treating it like it was a fucking wrestling match and a fucking, you know, when they're all in their prime fucking mid-south wrestling fucking, and Jeff Jarrett's just overacting to hide the fact that this dude's seconds from death. Uh, 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 Remember after the match? After the match, he hits the mat. And we thought he said, I shit myself. He went, I I prayed, I passed out. I think I shit myself. Well, we you thought he was, said we were in tears, thinking that he shit himself. I think, shit myself. Grandpa, think, Grandpa, you, where's your diapers, Grandpa? Do you think his shits, like his farts, are like, hey kid, pull my finger, woo? <laughs> and he pulls his finger, woo? His asshole goes, woo? Like a whistle, it's so <laughs> wide, it's gaping. I think we just found a new one for the show. Yeah, I'm a big hey, fan. Kid! Woo! <laughs> That's his ass? No, you screwed it up. <laughs> hey, kid! Go over here, kid! Woo! No. Hey, <laughs> shut up, shut up! Shut up, kid, shut up! Shut up, kid, shut up! And pull my finger! Woo! Woo! <laughs> shut up, kid, shut up! Shut up, kid, shut up. It's like the air blowing through a cave. The air blowing through a cave. That's his asshole. It's like... There we go. Now you get like you fart and it's like... It's like... There you go. His asshole is like a fucking slide whistle. Oh, gosh. Excellent. Well done. Uh, favorite wrestler of the year? Brandon, who you got? Who's your favorite? 
This was Julia for me. This was Julia's year. Well done. Chris. My favorite wrestler of the year was uh, 75-year-old Ric Flair. (laughs) 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 Listen, my favorite. I I have to say her name. I have to say this woman's name because I have developed a severe love lusting for her. Fookie and Death. Fookie and Death. I'm going with Momo Watanabe. Oh boy, naughty, naughty. But it was, naughty. but it was, it was Julia. <laughs> yeah, I got a list of them. Right, Suzuki. My favorite Suzuki. Look, I got keychains. I got toys. Yeah, we look. know about your toys, yeah. buddy. Look, toys. <laughs> Not sex toys. I got all kinds of stuff. She's a little young for me to be bumping to. Uh, but yeah. I mean, I got a lot of fucking favorite wrestlers. Anybody's got like one favorite wrestler, but it's funny because like, I'm, I'm, like I look at AEW's roster and I like Eddie Kingston and I like Hikarshita, but I don't like anybody else on the roster. Like where I like Mox, but like to say like that's my favorite. I don't know. Yeah, lots I, of favorite. It's a good point. I don't have a favorite wrestler at all. Like I did the. It's the ensemble. It's the only thing that makes it interesting. I don't. I, I don't get people that stand specific wrestlers like Sasha Banks forever. What is wrong with you? Well, I mean, sometimes like when I was a youngster, my favorite wrestler, you know, it was Tatanka. You know what I mean? For a while. I mean, like it doesn't, it's for some reason. And I think when you're younger, you can, for some reason, you just get a connection to certain wrestlers. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, you know, mine now is just what makes the bone bag bone. And that would be one Momo Watanabe. There you go, bone bag, you fucking front row bone oh, bag. Bone, my bone bag is boning. That's why we call it the bone bag. This is the bone, best of bone bags, me, 2022. Let's, let's get in here real quick. While you All right, best wrestler of the year. What do you got, Chris? You're looking into something. I'm looking into uh, how old Momo Watanabe is, so I don't have to look like a child moss. 22. All right, I'm good. <laughs> All right. <laughs> This is a cool, cool podcast we're doing here. We're actively making sure we're not being fucking pedophiles. Well, I mean, yo, it's, it's stardom. You never know, man. I don't want to say something stupid. No, I, I'm completely with I'm you. Like, okay, I, I'm just acknowledging uh, I, I, I how cool up this is. 30 and over crowd. Thank you very much. I'll take them all. Mina, give me a call. I know you sent me a message that said I love you once. It's great. All right, um, just 20 minutes of us Googling stardom wrestlers and making sure wrestlers. it's okay to talk. Oh, fuck it. All right, how about uh, best wrestler of the year, Brandon? You got? Yeah, this is a tough one. I, I went with Shuri. I think she, that she, she was the. Uh, I, I like stealing lines from from your brother Jim. The straw that stirs the drink. She uh, <laughs> she she Liana. was the connective connective tissue that made the whole whole show work to me for a while there. There you go. You know, Chris, Jim's brother is a member of this show. Uh, you can who's you can that talking? You. You can, Who is this you can say like you can say like Chris, I like to steal that line from you. You don't say to the other guy. <laughs> uh, who? What? It's a two man show. <laughs> now, um, listen, I had two favorite wrestlers here. Best wrestler, uh, best wrestlers of the year, uh, and one of them was Julia. Mm-hmm. Okay, but then I had reasons, a bunch of re- for obvious reasons. We talked about her nonstop, but then I had another wrestler. That uh, I had a bunch of reasons as to why they were, I think, the best wrestler of 2022. And then you, Jim, gave me other reasons that I fucking forgot about. And that's Jericho. 
Chris Jericho. He made the ROH title mean something. He did a bunch of really dumb shit, as mm-hmm. usual. He tapped to a fucking giant swing. Yep, that was awesome. Which was fucking ob- ob- which was awesome. He got jobbed by some dude and then lit the guy on fire. Action <laughs> Andretti. Action Andretti. He's always doing different shit. That's been the fucking, you know, the, 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 the staple of his career was mm-hmm. him just doing dumb shit and different shit and getting it over. I mean, he was a fucking wizard. I mean, just the fact that he was going, I'm a wizard. Yeah. Did that get Why? over? I don't know. <laughs> Who cares? Who cares? Who cares? <laughs> I mean, who gives a shit? And with, yeah, with AEW dudes, I'm sure it did. Right. right. But then you brought up the fucking soundboard. Totally forgot about that. Causing Eddie Kingston to go back and get it. The fact that he wouldn't even shake Eddie Kingston's hand. Causing him to go back and get the fucking gas can to burn him alive. Yes. And all of blood and guts. I mean, I, I just think, and then he's using his Jericho-ness to make you interested in, like, the 2.0 guys. Right? I wish he wouldn't use it to get people watching Sammy Guevara. Right? It gives Jake Hager a little place to settle in. Because he does. You can tell with with Jericho with the Sammy Guevara thing, like he sees something in him. Yeah, yeah. That's why he's. You notice that Tenman is nowhere to be found anymore. He don't say anything in Tenman. No, no. But (laughs) I'm just, I'm a big fan. I think he did a lot this year. And one of the biggest things that he did was make people, I guess, care a little bit about the fucking Ring of Honor title, which shouldn't even be around. That's true. You know what I mean? So I'm going to go with Jericho as best wrestler of 2020. Also, sort of shrinking his own head at 50s, inspiring. Yeah, I know. Yeah, Lemuda can take a look at him. and uh... I wonder if this whole Muda situation and even the, the situation could make younger guys that are Jericho's age, right, look at those guys and be like, get it in now because these guys look like idiots. You think that when you're coming up, but... Then you get there and... Muda's body isn't the same as some of those older guys at his age that can still go. Right. Like Fujinami can still go, but Fujinami's got his own company. Right. Oh. What do you, Jim, what do you, I, I never, this never crossed my mind until you just said it, the, um, Chris Jericho, Sammy Guevara, he, he sees something in him. What, I, to me, I just read it more as he wants it to work, but you're probably right. Do you have any more th- thoughts on that? No, I mean, he just the way his promos seem like he's always, like, talking about how good-looking he is and stuff like that and how talented he is. He's been saying it since since he got into AEW. I mean, I don't like, see where it. Where can that go? It can't. <laughs> the guy sucks. Okay, okay. you don't think so? Yeah. No, I, I don't. I think there's a ceiling for him. I think it's only a matter of time before news comes out that he's sexually assaulted somewhere or something insane because the guy's a fucking <laughs> moron. He's not a child anymore. He's, like, 32 years old. So it's like, yeah, I don't, I don't buy it. But I don't know. Jericho sees something. In him. He's always been. He's always working in programs with him and shit like that. So I don't know. I don't get it. All right, it's vote time. You guys ready? Let's yeah. do it. Best newcomer. Here's your contestants. Brandon goes with A Steel Biting. Chris got. Chris has Kanosuke Takeshita. Kanosuke Takeshita. Easier said than done. I have the old Suzu Suzuki. Who you got, Brandon? Yeah, I don't want to budge here. A steal. He's going with A steal, Chris. Who you vote for? Well, I mean, I'm thinking of who gave us the most joy, and uh, we did forget something that that 
that one situation brought out for this year, last year, I should say, and that was, that was, (laughs) fine, Wayne! Holy fuck, that was fine! Fine, Wayne, fine, Wayne, fine, Wayne of the finest kind! I forget, I forget, I forget, wine, the wine, Wine. Don't know how. So I'm gonna go with fine wine, a steel. I, I think I was supposed to. I think I was supposed to be doing Edible Lecter. Edible Lecter. For some reason, I was talking about fine wine. I don't so know. you, you were you were trying to say Faba nice beans Chianti. and a nice Chianti, and you said I think I ate it with fine wine. <laughs> and and nice I you said, wine. Yeah, you said two wine. You said wine and Chianti. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I spent fucking two hours on TikTok in the lab trying to figure out how to make a video of A Steel's face with my mouth going fine wine, fine wine, fine wine. <laughs> well, the uh, the only reason I remember it was cleaning out photos, and I had all those memes I made that I kept sending you. Fine wine, fine wine, and a nice Chianti. A Steel, a fucking useless fucking human being. Best newcomer of 2022. Thank you very much. <laughs> grand opening, grand closing for Ace Steel. Yep, yeah, exactly. <laughs> How about most improved? Brandon, you got Saya Kamitani. Chris, you've got Mandy Rose. And I picked Mina Shirakawa. Brandon, good. Yeah, I, I'll budge over to Mina only because I picked Mandy in another category. Yeah. Chris, what are you thinking? I don't think it matters now. You got me outvoted. It's all good, though. I'm going to go with Ric Flair. Came back now. Um, yeah, no. I'll agree with you guys. Mina Shirakawa. It's fantastic shit. She's got a good fucking year coming ahead. I'm excited. Cross the board, brother. Biggest surprise, 2022. Brandon's got Cody Rhodes going to WWE. Chris says Ric Flair surviving his match. And I put down CM Punk's in the Bucks. Can't get along to make some money. Brandon? Yeah, I don't. I don't want to be the deciding vote on these first off. So let's just talk about this one. I, Jimmy really struck me there. I, I think I forget how this could have been one of the, if not the generational wrestling story, and this could have gone on for decades. These guys could have never been in a fucking Hall of Fame ceremony together. They couldn't have been in public together, and it just got completely ruined. I think for how good of wrestlers they all claim to be and uh, the the public seems to think that they are to whiff on that is just uh i think that's got to be the most surprising yeah not very good workers if you can't work together you fucking nerds chris what do you got thoughts yeah this is a tough one because i didn't think about that the only thing that i'm kind of on the fence about is that uh, you know i mean with CM Punk in the past, is this really a surprise that this went down? I mean, the way it did. Not necessarily what happened, but the fact that they couldn't get fucking past it. Um, I know it's the, probably the fucking pettiest and stupidest thing that happened all year. Um, but I guess, you know, when you, I don't know. I, I, I'm sure these guys, when they've been, if they were still working, um, fucking PWG once a year, they would fucking, they'd be all about making up. Yep, and going and making money, and then once they got their money in their pocket, because it's easy to stand by your stand by your belief system when you have fucking mountains of money. Um, but uh, I uh, I'm gonna have to agree with you because I didn't see it. I didn't even think about it from that angle. From the whole time we were too busy screaming, "Find wine!" at one another. 
Mm-hmm. And we didn't really think about that whole situation. So but we did. We I talked about it for a couple of weeks, and we said how it was ridiculous how much money they were leaving behind. Yeah. How they weren't doing it. It's preposterous that professionals can't. You don't have to. We've said it. You don't have to like everybody you work with. No. But you got to work no. together to make money sometimes. Especially in a business time, like this. I think as time passes in the void of stories that, uh, you know, we all landed on the five-star Grand Prix, no knock to the five-star Grand Prix, it stands out even more. Right. But uh, best moment, Brandon's got Stone Cold and KO, WrestleMania. Chris, uh, you go here. I, I don't want to decide all these. Chris has got uh, Sami Zayn getting uh, hit with the giant hand. I have Eddie Kingston coming out of the elevator with a gas can to murder Chris Jericho. Okay, Chris. Oh, it's easy, Jim. You you get you nailed it. I totally forgot about it. You nailed it. Nailed it. Iconic. Brandon? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. All right, worst moment. How about this? Uh, I'll go first this time. How about that? Brandon's got Kota Ibushi versus, uh, you know, unable to reconcile with and all the issues with New Japan Pro Wrestling with his mom. Remember, she could try to commit suicide. Jesus fucking Christ. Chris has the entire great mood of quote-unquote retirement tour. And I have Ric Flair not dying in his match. It's the worst moment of the year. Should have died. Right, i got to agree with you with the Kota Ibushi thing. I was just trying to make jokes, but it's unbelievable that like they're te- like the texts back and forth, and them like supposedly they're making him work with while being injured, and he's like no, and then his mom's jumping out of fucking windows. What the fuck? And now supposedly they might be able to work together. Who knows? <laughs> it's fucking crazy. Go ahead, Brandon. Am I wrong to say that both Will Osprey? And Kenny Omega aren't as gnarly or clean as Kota Ibushi with their wild shit. I I don't know. I I just feel like uh, the the three of them have a similar style and that they're down to really take a beating on their own body. But to me, just uh, Kota Ibushi hits different when he does it. I agree. So to see that happen to him just hurt a little bit more. I don't know if that makes any sense, but... I mean, just the fact that I think not that that's the reason why it was sad, but right. But I mean, we're all fans of the Bushi. We have been for years, and for a lot of people, seeing his highlights back when you used to be able to do gifts, now you can't. <laughs> um, seeing his highlights was like, oh, who the fuck's this good-looking fucking fit dude doing this crazy ass shit? And also a convincing striker with convincing offense. Like I think it's uh, Osprey is getting to that point. He wants to evolve into Ibushi. We're yeah. going off topic, but I think that's what he's trying to do. But that's where Ibushi started was striking. He was a kickboxer. So, Chris, any thoughts? Yeah, I mean, look, no, you guys nailed it. I, I, I think that when you think about it, like just the waste of what happened, the way that he was treated, that was pretty shitty. You know, Mood is making that decision on his own. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, it's just it's only him. That's He's the only one getting hurt out of it, so – and Ric Flair not dying is just luck once again being on his side. The only reason I wouldn't pick the Muda thing. Go ahead, Brandon. The only reason I wouldn't pick the Muda thing is just because I'm numb to it. It's just like this is just what these guys fucking do. It's pathetic. 
is what it is. And you're just like, of course, of course he doesn't want to just walk away. He's got to have eight matches, all retirement matches. Give me a break. He's got another one this weekend. Oh, no. Hardest to watch. Uh, Brandon nominated Tony Khan in his cringiness. Chris said MJF in the Regal promos when uh, that shit fell apart. Regal went back to WWE. And I said anything involving clap crowds. That's the hardest to watch. Um, Brandon, it's your turn. Go ahead. Yeah, what actually drives me the most nuts is the fucking clap crowds. It's fucking awful. We're coming out of it finally. Getting a, a New Japan's having a clap crowd or a, a cheering crowd coming up. Stardom's got a cheering crowd on the fourth of February. They're really the only companies holding on to this clap crowd shit, and it all depends on the local jurisdiction. So there's no like general mandate. So it's like some places you can clap, some people places you can cheer. Chris and I both watched the um, uh, Takataichi Mania match, and they were fucking screaming like crazy for that. I'm watching judo, or not judo, uh, sumo, and they're fucking, they're cheering during that. It just started in January. Screaming like crazy for it. So, come on, New Japan. Let's go. Come on, Bushi Road. Chris, thoughts? I'm sticking to my guns on this one. I mean, I've been voted out, but I'm definitely sticking to my guns. And that was fucking painful watching that. Yep. And like that, and the worst part about it is, is that, you know, MJF, in my opinion, was fucking painful leading up to it. Mm-hmm. And then he came back, which was obvious who it was. He came back, and then it was, he got interesting for five seconds, and then it was just back to the same old pain. So that whole fucking collapse there was just awful. Awful. Remember how stupid I was for a second, and I thought it was Kota Bushi. Yep, because he wiped his feet. Because <laughs> he wiped his feet before he came in a ring. I, and I, I mean, 90% of the wrestlers I've ever seen in my life have wiped their feet before wiped he feet. came in the ring. It's what you do. It's Kota Bushi. It's Kota Bushi. He wiped his feet. It's Kota Bushi. Oh, uh, you know what else was hard to watch? And I just thought of this. When um, at the end of Forbidden Door, when Tanahashi's laying there selling for the uh, for the finish of the match, and they're running an angle in the middle of the ring where everybody oh. each other up, and Tanahashi's just laying there dying in the ring. <laughs> yeah, what was that? Was that was was it Luke Gallows and shit? Was involved in it? I think. Oh, oh my god! Oh, I I got one more now that you reminded me of it. Hardest to watch after the accusations came out, and Vince McMahon forced himself onto Raw and SmackDown, and was like, "We're a family." And everyone's like, stick together. Everybody's clapping like, yeah, Vince, we believe you. He gave these like vague, inspiring messages and then just quit. And quit. It was fucking terrible. The terrible part about it is I actually wanted to see what he had to say, and that's what he said. Yeah. Let's see what this fucking piece is. I thought he was going to come out and have like a formal apology. No. No. No, Not at all. Not yet. And the slight didn't even consider it. That was hard to watch. He should have walked in and been like, well, I guess he can. It's AEW, but... I'm all in, motherfuckers. <laughs> I ain't them double enough. Fuck down. Ah, my quads. Right, best storyline, we all agree. Julia's story through uh, 2022, we agreed on that. Best promotion, we all agreed on that. Stardom. Favorite show, uh, you said the Wrestling is Hard podcast, which is, you know, that's the reason why we do it. I think we'll all vote for that. Yeah, that's all. I'm, I'm overriding everyone. Overriding. Wrestling is hard. Wrestling is hard. We're the best. Yay. Listen to us. Yeah, don't fucking change my vote, dude. I will come over to your house and fucking storm it. <laughs> oh, my God. 
<laughs> January sucks all over again. But my living we're room. fucking. It would be Jan. It would be going to be January eighteenth. Oh my god, a day that will live in infamy. Oh my the, god, the fucking that guy, the, the the freedom shaman or whatever, MAGA shamans in my front lawn. What was his name? He was the QAnon shaman. QAnon shaman. Then he went to jail and he couldn't handle it. Uh, best show. <laughs> Poor little. I can't eat. One woman that got shot in the fucking head. Fuck that bitch. Did you see the videos of her? Was. Did you see the videos of her? She was like lying. She's like live streaming the whole thing. She's like, there's three. Don't read what the news is saying. There's three million people Bad marching it. on the Ashley Capitol. Ashley Babbitt. One of the funniest people. Three million people? Just- <laughs> <laughs> what a fucking loser. You imagine you get just dying for that. The most bullshit rally of all time and just one one lady gets her head blown. <laughs> you imagine dying for something that stupid? You my fucking fa- idiot. <laughs> my, my favorite was like, when they had the guy was climbing the wall, oh, yeah. and then somebody put Mario to it. Oh man, fuck those idiots! Just it wall. was just you. You you were the only one that. <laughs> so wait, hold on. I'm not familiar with this. Please tell me. Yeah, Brad. There were yeah. Um. They, like when they were going ape shit, I guess there was one room boarded up that I I, I can't remember who was in. Um, that this woman, her name was Ashley Babbitt, was trying to get into, and they had like that little mail slot in it, and she was trying to uh, bust the door open, and the like Capitol Police just stuck a gun out and just like bang, 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 and just yeah. only, only killed her, and so nothing happened. It just ended up being one of the goofiest rallies of all time. But to the, the Babbitt family, that was just like. <laughs> The most tragic thing that ever happened. Their daughter died in in a fucking cartoon. Their uh, the the mother was rallying at the White House. She's got like, she's got that uh, Ric Flair yellow job, but it's covered in cigarette tar <laughs> <laughs> with teeth that look like they're made out of wood. Her skin, her skin is tanned. You know what she looks like? A cigar Nick. store Indian. That's what she looks yeah. like <laughs> with a cigarette wig on. So in other words, she broke in and we got dead. <laughs> that was the end of it. It was like, okay, Ashley Babbitt got killed, and then everyone's like, yeah, we should get the fuck out of here. Yeah, we gotta go. <laughs> All three million of us. Three million. You could have taken the whole goddamn city with three million people. What a weird way to die. Oh, what a weird thing to believe in. That fat weirdo. That's their savior. That weirdo, orange weirdo, and another weirdo. Just imagine those moments as like blood, the last pulses of of blood go to your head, and you realize that this is the end of it, and you're looking around, and it's just fat idiots just like trying to get as far away from you as possible in in true fear of like, oh no, we shouldn't have done this. Oh shit, we made a mistake. Oh shit, shit, they're going to (laughs) start fucking shooting at us. We should have brought more bear spray. Fuck (laughs) these guys. I don't know. Oh, we were there just to uh, voice our opinion. They had fucking bear spray and fucking zip ties. Zip ties? ties. They're going to wrap them up and kill them. You got to be kidding me. Hey, best show of the year. We agree. It's Stardom, the the five-star final. Stardom's five-star final. Best wrestler. Oh, we got something to talk about. Brandon, you suggested Siri. Chris, you suggested Chris Jericho. And I said Julia. Chris, you're up. I think I made my case for... Jericho. I mean, fucking <clears throat> all the uh, everything, pretty much everything really ridiculous in AEW that happened that was really good, fun to watch involved that dude. I mean, I'll pass on him coming out shirtless in a purple blazer and a purple fucking 
Trilby. But other than that, you know, I mean, it was fucking, I think he, he was the one. He had it going on the whole year. I, uh, when at the middle by, of the card, I should say. I'm sorry, yeah. Jim. As a, a mid, as a mid carder. I'm sticking by Julia. She, uh, was the driving force of stardom over the last three years, in particular this year. Um, most of the big storylines were sur- surrounding her. Uh, she does great promos. She looks great on camera. She's, uh, a fucking star. And I saw somebody say, uh, WWE sta- fan posted the video of her coming down from the ceiling at the uh, five-star final and said, why doesn't she work for a bigger company? Of course, Stardom being the largest women's company in the world. <laughs> kind of preposterous, but yeah. Uh, all her story, and it got, you know, capitalized on pretty much the last day of the year. Her story went from day one, January of 2022, and it finished, will continue into 2023, but it finished almost the last day of 2022. She was the driving force of Stardom. I thought she was fantastic. Go ahead, yeah, Jim, you're absolutely right. Um, but I think we've given Julia our, her flowers, and there's nothing uh, funnier I can think of than for voting Chris Jericho as a wrestler. Of the <laughs> so it's going to be Chris. <laughs> Chris, and yeah. I, I mean, just out of curiosity, am I completely off the fucking wall with the no, 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 no? But it's kind of yeah. funny. That's all. Well, I mean, look, it's a testament to what how good he is. And speaking of January sixth, his wife was there. <laughs> It's, I don't know if it's just I got the uh, the anniversary of the greatest coup in American history on my mind or not, but was, I mean, you know, <laughs> imagine if it was his wife that got through, shot through the door. The glorious revolution. Ashley Babbitt Jericho. Maybe his wife's dead. And best Jim, match. We, Jim, sorry to interrupt. Jim, you were joking about when is it going to become funny to wear the wear the uh, the MAGA stuff. I think we're just dictating it right now. I think we're almost there. As I already think that. Jim, I already think, <laughs> to be there, honest man. with you, I already think it is. I, you know, I, I you know, I, I think it's funny. <laughs> I think it's really fucking funny. It's just preposterous. And they still exist. They're still out there going, yeah, he's, he's going to win. He's going to be fucking like 80 years old. He's running for fucking president. These fucking old, old fossils, these old men. A fat son of a bitch. He's lucky he didn't have a heart attack. Oh, wow. Yo. What's up? I'm sorry. I got to talk about this. What's up? I just Googled because I wanted to see who Ashley Babbitt looked like. Yeah. And Redbubble, which is the fucking world's worst T-shirt site. Okay. Is loaded with fucking T-shirts. Ashley Babbitt, never forget. Of course. Ashley Babbitt, American Patriot. (laughs) Ashley Babbitt, American (laughs) Patriot with her face like a... You know, like a cartoon. Oh, Red Bull, yeah. It's got a... Yeah, black and white cartoon in front of a red Capitol building. There's got to be a Punisher skull uh, somewhere. Oh, my oh, God. Oh, yeah, the cartoon the one game. is amazing. Bro, I, oh, man. Yeah, was that a Disney one? Bro. One looks like a Disney <laughs> Yo. I mean, look, none of them are. They're just American. Ashley Babbitt, Amer- holy shit. Yeah. All made by different people who, you know, fuck it. If you want to make some money, I would. Yeah, it's some dude over in India. It's like, yeah, fuck like, yeah. I'm going to make some money off these Sell jokes. these dipshits. I mean, they had that Magus store. Yeah. Wow, what? I'm Ashley. Nothing will stop her. <laughs> wow, that was really weird. <laughs> holy oh shit. My oh, my God, dude. Oh, look at the one with the, like, there's, like, army dude skull man. 
I don't see Ashley that. Babbitt, American Patriot. Oh, wow. Look at that oh, one. He's got a now. German helmet on. It's a motorcycle. Oh, no. <laughs> oh I see it. All right. Hold on. Hold on. I'm going to go. Yo, that's one, amazing. Two. You know who's selling it? A true American. Their name? Hamzam's Maluli. Did you see the one? It's just a hat that it just says Ashley Babbitt, and it's the American flag as the font. It, doesn't have, have a, it doesn't have a bullet hole drawn on it, right with a bullet <laughs> hole in her head. Oh my god, it'd be amazing! Holy shit, I can't believe it. I like the one that's in like I mean, I the live, live, laugh, lie, uh, live, laugh, love font. Actually, Babbitt, American Patriot. <laughs> oh, what a fucking world! Damn, I need one in. of these right now. Oh my god, is it? Is it time yet? Can we do I it? I think we're dictating that it is. Are you on a <laughs> list? We're all if you buy it, it though. Just get it all set. The Christmas out. No, <laughs> there is one. There is one. It says free yayo, and it's a snowman. That has nothing to do with Ashley Babbitt, but it's in. Hold here. on. So I just went. I just googled her. I went on the AP. Oh, there's a picture of her face. This is a shirt with a picture of her face on it. It's like it looks like one of those uh, WWE paintings. Schwamberger or whatever his name is. Is Ashley Babbitt a martyr? Her past tells a more complex story. Let me just One of these, like, I like that they're just algorithm-based, like, fucking designs. It says, it, like, the Mets Syndicate fake t-shirt has now connected with the reality, and it says, I love my wife, my country, and getting pegged. If you don't like it, kiss me about it. And then just says <laughs> Ashley Babbitt in the middle of it. So, <laughs> it's one of the wildest shirts of all time. The first like time this person... That. The first time this person, I'm not saying people's names, laid eyes on Ashley Babbitt, the future insurrectionist, had just rammed her vehicle three times with an SUV and was pounding on the window, challenging her to a fight. Because she was fucking her boyfriend behind her husband's back. And she's a hell of a human being. Yeah. yeah. Trash balls. That is so funny. You oh, we got we got to keep with it. I'm still we glad. Higher, like we're running out of. Where was the two hours? <laughs> All right, let's go. Ashley Babbitt off. Okay, so here we go. Best newcomer. 2022. Here's your awards. Send them to your favorite wrestler. We're going to send them uh, uh, our our awards to the favorite wrestlers. Here we go. Your best newcomer, as voted on <laughs> by the wrestling is our podcast. Prepare yourself. 2022 best newcomer, A Steel. Hi, Lane. 2022 most improved professional wrestler, Mina Shirakawa of Stardom. The biggest surprise of 2022, the CM Punk and the Bucks can't get along to make some money. The best moment, Eddie Kingston with the gas can, going to burn Jericho alive. The worst moment, Kotobushi and New Japan's whole situation sucked. Or just to watch the clap crowds. Also, Vince, honorable mention to uh, Vince's not apology on fucking Raw. Or it's We're there. family, you fuck. We're family. Hey, you better give me your money, you bitch. Best storyline Julia's run through 2022. Somehow didn't win her best wrestler, but that's okay. That's why we vote. I'm not going to storm any capitals. Best promotion, stardom. That was a sweep. Julia's storyline was a sweep, too. Favorite show, the Wrestling is Hard podcast. Come on. Best show of the year, sweep as well. Stardom is five-star final. Best wrestler, Chris Jericho, best wrestler of the year. Beats out Siri and Julia. The best match of the year. Stoney, Stone Cold Steve Austin versus KO at WrestleMania. Because it was fun. There you go. That's our best stuff. Any final thoughts? Anything like that? We had other stuff I wanted to talk to, but talk about, but we're going on two hours. Right? 
I feel happy with the results. I feel like this was a good amalgamation of our opinions here. I think we did it. Yeah. Chris, what you got? I, I'm just amazed that one of my votes for one of our best of actually swayed other people. I think that's the first time since we've done this show. I will go on the record and say it didn't sway me, but it's okay. I understand. I'm not going to be storming the Capitol. You changed my vote. <laughs> see what happens. I'm not saying the guy. <laughs> I'm gonna be at your I will not become Ashley another Ashley Babbitt. Babbitt. I will not become a martyr. American Patriot. Fuck. American Patriot. Dude, Chris, somebody's the straw make, that stirs the drink. Yeah. Somebody's got to make an Ashley Babbitt hat. Like Babbitt's spelled with an I in it, right? Mm-hmm. Babbitt. So an Ash, Ashley Babbitt hat. Like American Patriot, Ashley Babbitt, and the I, and Babbitt is a bullet hole on that. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> True Patriots. That's what I'm surprised there were no or or there you go an Ashley Babbitt American Patriot shirt with a Punisher skull mm-hmm. and a bullet hole in the head of the Punisher skull. <laughs> oh, oh, with like the the meat stamp, you know, like grade A, and it says punished, <laughs> stamped, punished. Should that be our first T-shirt? Yes, wrestling is our T-shirt. It's gonna be an Ashley. Oh my god! And Ashley Babbitt Punisher T-shirt, just like on the back up here, just says like wrestling is art. <laughs> it's like you know, you, somebody like this, and you're like, I hope that woman rots in hell for going against our country. Nah, she's too fucking stupid. Like this woman, this woman was living the life. She's too fucking the absurdity stupid. of it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, One day we'll be able to go back and laugh like we are right now. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Oh, God, come on. We got to get to a point where MAGA stuff is ironic. Come on. I want to see all the hips, the 22-year-old hipsters wearing MAGA gear. We got to get there. I think we just did. Yeah. All right. Final thoughts, Brandon. No, that was fun, guys. I'm glad we did this tonight. I needed this. Yeah. Good laugh. Chris, final thoughts. Uh, I think we're good, man. We're going uh, time for a nap. Eight hours long. Also, um we get to get caught up on AEW next week. So, oh, fuck, here we go. <laughs> there ain't shit going on. There's a lot going on, but I think we owe it to our listeners to go watch AEW. Let's do it. Yep. I'm down. All right. R.I.P. Babbitt. R.I.P. Ashley Babbitt. True American hero. Hey, <laughs> three <laughs> Could you imagine going to bed at night and saying to yourself, she was a true hero? <laughs> a true hero. I believe in it. Oh my god. Alright. Thank you for doing this. Follow us on Instagram and Hard Number Four Wrestling. Subscribe and follow. Tell your friends. Only watch sports with fat pussy dicks. <laughs> with fat pussy dicks. Because I only watch sports with fat pussy dicks. And for Brandon and Chris, I'm Jim. We'll be back here next week. 